folks. Welcome to the first ever episode of Bikes, Burgers and Beers. I'm Big Steph and uh, I started this podcast because I wanted to talk about the things I love the most. Motorcycles, burgers and beer. Today we are going to kick off our very first episode by talking about myself because I don't have any guests on the show. That is something that I will be doing at a later stage and uh, as we continue growing the podcast, I'm sure we'll be talking to a lot of motorcyclists. However, let's get started. Alrighty, so the first motorcycle I ever owned was a Kawasaki GPX 250. And as much as I loved Suzuki's, I loved the GSX-Rs and even as a beginner, I was considering something like the Suzuki Across that had the, the petrol tank under the seat. And, it, and the petrol tank itself was actually a storage unit for your helmet. Genius. I'm glad I didn't buy that bike though because it was a sluggish nugget. So I got the GPX 250. It was second hand. It was about five, six years old. I got it at a bargain price. It was comfortable. It was capable. And it did everything I needed to do. Uh, one thing I loved about it was the tank was so big. And because it was only a 250, the range was amazing. So I rode that around for a year during my, my learner's period and when I got my provisional license it wasn't until about a few weeks later I decided to upgrade to yet again another Kawasaki and this time it was the ZXR250. I'm talking about the legendary grey import that revs to 19,000 RPMs. I loved that bike so much that I kept it even after I got my full unrestricted license. I rode that bike around for quite a number of years and I rode that thing even though it was basically a race bike with a number plate on it. It was my touring bike, it was my adventure bike, I went everywhere with that. I went to the racetrack, I went on fire trails and dirt roads, I went across the country, I went everywhere with that motorcycle. I loved it to bits. But then I traded it in and I bought what I considered at the time my dream bike, which was the Suzuki GSX-R 600. I loved the 600s because they were lightweight, they were powerful enough, and the thing looked amazing. The thing I liked about those Suzukis, and this was a 98 model, so it was that big bulbous sort of uh, pointy one. And it had the, uh, it had the, the rear cowl you know, for the back seat. It was an amazing motorbike. I rode that at track days as well. Sadly, not long after I got it, I had an accident with it where someone decided they wanted to be in the same lane as me and occupy the same space at the same time. And when that happens, as a motorcyclist, you are always worse off. So I got the bike repaired and uh, unfortunately, lightning struck twice. Uh, this time, however, it wasn't an accident. I went to work and I came home and the bike was missing. It was stolen. So I didn't own that bike very long at all. I ended up uh, going back to the dealer and asking if I could get another one. Uh, they, funny enough, unbelievably did not want to take my money. How stupid does that sound? So I went to a different dealer. And uh, they didn't have any GSX-R600 in stock. Sold out. What I ultimately ended up getting 
was the Kawasaki ZX6R, and it was the new shape for 1998. It was the shape that had uh, the single headlight. It had the um, it was the green and purple color. The green was more subdued. It wasn't so fluorescent like a typical Kawasaki was. And that bike was fantastic. Again, a comfortable motorcycle. Uh, many trips to Phillip Island with that bike. It was capable, it was fast, it was comfy, and I toured with it, I went off-road with it, I did all sorts of things with that bike. In fact, I had it for so long, I even commuted with it, uh, but in fact, I had it so long that I clocked up about 70,000 kilometers on that bike uh, before, unfortunately, once again, I got hit by, by a vehicle. And that accident was the end of my motorcycle riding days. It was a big one. Without exaggerating, I nearly died. I lost a lot of uh, function and mobility in my arms and legs. But I am glad to say that I am a fully recovered human being with some battle scars left over. And uh, a little bit of aches and pains, especially in the winter months. So that basically summed up the first half of my motorcycle career. What happened after that? Well life, recovery, a whole bunch of stuff happened. Let's just summarize it by saying lost my career as a, as a bike mechanic, lost my house, lost my marriage, lost my business, everything basically fell apart and it's taken me approximately 20 years to what I would say fully recover and get on with my life and that includes finances, injury, housing, having a roof over your head and all that sort of thing. So about three and a half years ago, I decided I wanted to buy a motorbike again and I was in a position that I could. I was in a position where I could afford an additional vehicle and, uh, and, and something, I, I wanted something that wasn't going to be fast. And it wasn't because I was scared and, and I'm not scared of riding motorbikes at all. But the problem is, is that I know that from all those years ago, I did have an addiction with acceleration. And I wanted something that was going to allow me to just putt around and have some fun. I did like the look and appeal of older motorcycles. Uh, so I ended up with a Royal Enfield Classic 500, much to the humor and laughter of many of my friends and, and random strangers in the motorcycle community. Having said that, it's been one of the nicest and pleasurable bikes I've owned. I've been fortunate mine doesn't vibrate very much. I've also been fortunate where it's barely left me stranded anywhere. And I say barely because once the, uh, the battery negative terminal broke off and that left me stranded, but I was able to get home. And the second time it left me stranded was when the rear drum brake locked up. But I was able to fix that up quite quickly and quite affordably. To, uh, to get back on the road quickly. And uh, luckily that happened literally about 100 meters from my house. So it hasn't been too bad an ownership considering those are the only two things that have happened. It has about 50,000 Ks on the clock. It's tired, it's old, and I'll keep riding it until it dies. And when it dies, I'll probably rebuild it because one thing that happened was that I upgraded the bike. Now, how can you upgrade a bike if you've already got one? Well, I, I didn't upgrade it. I just bought something else in addition to it, really. I was going to sell 
the Royal Enfield Classic 500. However, after a few weeks online, I got the, the usual random crappy uh, people who were messaging me with lowball offers. And one guy, one guy was happy to pay full price, but he wanted me to deliver the bike. And I said, well, then how the hell do I get home? And I said, and when I get it to your place, is there any guarantee you're actually going to buy the bike or not? And the answer, of course, was no, I'm not sure I want to see it first. Well, that's not how these things work. I took it offline and I re-registered it and I've been riding it ever since and I love it. Now, when I made that decision, I also went ahead and made some improvements to the bike. And those improvements were to replace the handlebars that were on there and fix up a lot of things. And the reason I did that was because when I bought the bike, it had been severely modified and turned into a cafe racer. The problem with the Royal Enfield Classic 500, or anyway, this particular one being converted to a cafe racer was that there were a lot of really bodgy mods done to it. And as an example, when you turn the handlebars to full lock, the handlebars would rub against the petrol tank. That's just the start. I ain't going to go into all the other problems because that will be an episode all on its own. So what did I add to the garage? Well, I bought myself a Harley Davidson XL1200C, which is basically the Sportster in the custom guise. And what that means is it doesn't have the tiny little peanut tank. It actually has a tank that will get you somewhere without having to fill up every 15 minutes. I bought that because it was super comfy. I always wanted a Harley. Even when I was younger and I used to say, which one of my friends reminded me of, you know, the best mechanics are Harley riders, you know, or what, no, what did he say? Uh, the best, best, uh, oh, what, no, I can't remember the saying anymore, uh, but you get, you get what I'm saying. The, the reality is, is that it's been a, re- a really reliable motorcycle and uh, it's been really comfortable to ride. The last big ride I did on that bike was uh, about eight, nine months ago with a friend of mine who uh, will be coming onto the show for an interview in a later episode. And uh, we went on a 2,000 kilometer ride. Uh, Actually, it was about 1,900 kilometers all up. And we went up through um, these amazing roads in New South Wales. We did Thunderbolt Highway. We did the Oxley Highway. We went through Waterfall Way. We came down through Musselbrook. We, we detoured and went across the Bylong Valley Way into Ryleston and uh, come up through Lithgow and finally heading home. An amazing ride, four days, 500 kilometers a day and absolute fun, camping pretty much every single night. One of the places that we both fell in love with was a town called Nundal, which I had heard of but never been there uh, until this trip. And uh, let's just say the locals were super friendly and uh, very kind, very hospitable, very generous people, and we will be going back there. So that's what I have in the stable right now. Now, let's get on to the second part of the show. Mm. Delicious, juicy burgers. Alrighty, so the second part of the show, we're gonna talk about hamburgers, in particular, uh, burgers that you have recently eaten that you absolutely loved. Now, this is a funny one because As your host, I have to divulge some information here. I am actually a vegan. And what that means as far as burgers go, well, (laughs) what that meant five, ten years ago as far as burgers went was that you just ate a burger bun with some lettuce and tomatoes in it. 
Some places you'd get lucky and they might even have a veggie patty that they would deep fry for you. But in the last sort of decade, it's been fantastic being a vegan and loving burgers because there's a myriad of faux meats and, and delicious you know, things out there. And even some fast food places are starting to jump on board, particularly one place called Hungry Jack's. Any listeners who are overseas might be uh, uh, more familiar with the name of, what do they call it, uh, Burger King. Basically, what they've done is released a burger called the Rebel Whopper. What the Rebel Whopper is, is essentially one of their normal, regular Hungry Jack's Whoppers, except it's vegan. You can opt for vegan cheese, vegan mayo, and the patty itself is a plant-based patty. This is great news for me. And having said that, a friend of mine recently, we both were, were driving back from somewhere late one night, and he was hungry and I was hungry, and I said, let's go to Hungry Jack's. So we went into the Hungry Jack's drive through and uh, we both got our meals, and he said to me, I'm curious, mate, can I have a bite? And he had a bite of my Rebel Whopper, and this is a guy who is a dyed-in-the-wool, steak-eating, beef-loving, bacon-eating machine, who said, I can't tell the difference between your burger and mine. So, you know, there's some good stuff out there. But I'm not here to talk about the virtues of veganism. I just wanted to point that out because I feel like I should tell my listeners that if I get a burger and it's a vegan burger, I'm, I'm just going to put, it, put this out there. I think, in my personal opinion, if a restaurant or a place of dining can make a burger that's vegan taste good and to the point where it's convincing enough that a non-vegan can eat it and can't tell the difference or can tell the difference but still thinks it's delicious, I think that any burger they're going to create at that place is going to be delicious because let's face it, burgers are delicious. So the last burger I ate was at Soul Burger, which is a vegan burger place, and they were in Newtown. And I was in that area because I was working there that afternoon, that evening, and I was hungry. Did a walk down King Street and I went, oh, there's a Soul Burger here. Fantastic. They've changed a lot since the last time I tried their food. I had uh, one of their, in, in inverted commas, chicken burger. And it was bloody delicious. The coating on the outside was nice and crispy. And the inside, uh, they, they've got their own recipes that they use, some sort of uh, vegetable proteins and pea proteins, uh, and, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other ingredients I don't know about that make it taste great. Now, uh, like I said, I'm not here to argue about veganism and dietary requirements. We just want to talk about burgers but in this very first episode, I thought I'd mention this because I don't want to go through the rest of the season of this and keep having to justify what I'm eating. Now, having said that, most of the guests that will be coming onto my show will likely not be vegan, and that's okay by me because that's my personal choice and that's their personal choice, and uh, they are going to be talking about the burgers that they've eaten. So... I had this burger at Soul Burger and it was bloody delicious and I would say if, you're, if you've ever been curious about this sort of thing, go out and try it, you know, you're not going to die. And the thing is, is regardless of what's in the burger, it still tastes good. So, you know, keep an open mind. And as a motorcyclist, you should be open-minded anyway. But that was the last burger I had and it was bloody delicious.
And now that brings us to the next part of our show. We are going to talk about beer. Mm, beer. Delicious. Oh, so, beer. Beer is delicious. Beer has been around for hundreds of years in various guises. I love the fact that these days I can go to a microbrewery and order whatever beer that they create. I love the fact that uh, some of these microbreweries, you can actually purchase their products in uh, liquor stores, some local, some larger franchises and chains. I think that's a great thing. It gives us more selection and more range of beers that we can consume and enjoy. So the last beer that I had that was delicious was the Young Henry's Newtowner. And I forgot how much I enjoyed that beer. I hadn't had one in a long time, uh, but I did try. And the first sip I took, I, I just uh, I realized how sweet the beer is and how delicious the beer is. And that first sip was good. I will say, though, I, I don't want to make this just a, a beer review, but what I, no I noticed two things about that beer, having not had it in quite a while. One thing I noticed about that beer was this. The sweetness of the beer from the first sip very quickly disappeared. And what I found was every sip I had after that, the beer became more bitter. Upon drinking my second bottle, I was actually not enjoying the beer as much as the first one. The other thing I noticed is that when I woke up in the morning, I had a bit of cotton mouth. You know when sometimes you've had too much to drink and you wake up with cotton mouth? You know, mouth's a bit funny, a bit feels a bit raw, a bit dry. I felt that with that bit. I, I just, yeah, I don't really know what's going on there, but I'm going to experiment with that again in a few months and, and maybe buy some and see how I go. The beer that I have in the fridge right now is our local Blue Mountains brewery called Mountain Culture and they have a delicious beer called a pale ale, nothing special there. And there's another one that's a double red IPA and they're both delicious, flavorsome, strong beers. And those are the two that I have in my fridge that I am enjoying right now. So I wanna take this opportunity to thank everyone for listening in. Uh, I hope it's been enjoyable. Now, what I'm planning on doing is, because this is our very first episode, I'll, I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight. I'm hoping that I get more and more motorcyclists to come onto this podcast, and I'm going to interview them and talk about their motorbikes that they've owned and the motorbike or motorbikes they currently own. I'm going to get them to talk about the best burger they had recently and the beer that they have in their fridge right now. If they don't have any in their fridge, they should. But if they don't, what was the last beer they drank that they enjoyed? Now, please consider subscribing. Uh, you may be the first person to subscribe to this podcast. Amazing. Imagine that. You, you get nothing out of it apart from boasting to your friends. So why not do that? Why not subscribe? And then tell your friends about this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, uh, there's more and more episodes coming along. I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a, a preview. I'm going to be interviewing some other motorcyclists. Some of them are friends. Some of them are strangers that I've never met before. I've also been invited to talk with uh, Ross. And he is the gentleman who has 
the YouTube channel Biker Talk here in Australia. He was actually a neighbour of a very good friend of mine that I've known since I was born. They all hooked that up together and I will be doing that so I will cross-reference that, uh, that show on this podcast when that show airs and there'll be links in the uh, show notes below. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, and look, if there's any suggestions or anything like that, I'm not going to deviate too much from the format here, but if there's something that you feel like I missed out on or anything like that, then please let me know. But basically, you've been listening to me, Big Steph, talking on bikes, burgers and beer.